0: How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Upside. I'm going to tell you guys right now, we're apparently under the, uh, the watchful eye of the people running the Russian news networks because they've actually started to target this channel directly with copyright strikes. The video we had up two days ago, uh, before the interview, if you guys have not seen the interview, you need to go check it out. The one that was up before that was taken down for a copyright strike, and the one before that was taken down, or tried to be taken down with a copyright strike, YouTube said no. This other one, for some reason, YouTube isn't playing ball with me. Don't really understand why, because these people are inside of Russia. They shouldn't have any real say in what's going on. And here in America, that's fair use. Just utilizing their videos to tell a story. Um, I've been trying, like I said, to to work with YouTube to get a result, but it seems like we've got under their skin just a bit. Not YouTube, but the people over there in Russia. And that's not a big deal. It's not going to deter me from making these videos or make me stop to push the word out to you guys, because I can assure you, if we are being targeted directly by the source that you're really trying to expose, and you are doing something correct. Like So for all of you guys who are listening and watch the episodes, thank you so much. I'll continue to push out this award as long as I can. I'd also like for you guys, if you, you can, to go check out the sponsor. It'll be linked at the very top of the description because without these 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 sponsors, these videos wouldn't be happening. And that that video was the one that they are um, they were paying me to promote the product inside of it, and it got taken down. So pretty much the Russians trying to stick their thumb up my rear. I, I, actually, it's a terrible way to put it. But you, you get what I'm saying. Go check out the link at the very top of the description. Thank you. But I read a piece today that was fairly long, and it was from an, an individual named Mick Ryan, who is a retired Australian Army Major General. I don't entirely know uh, what's re- – I mean, that's really going to be really high up, but I don't know where that's at. Army Major General, I mean, in our, our world would be, I, I don't even know, extremely high. I don't even know what a Major General is, but you know what I mean. I wanted to make sure I gave him credit because I think it's very important to do so. Uh, so I was I was sifting through this thing, and him and I have – have some of the same viewpoints. He's clearly a very, very smart individual, but his take on what is going on aligns with some of the same thought processes I've had with how this thing is going to play out over the next month or so. He believes it'll be the next two weeks, which could be true. I have no idea. I hope it is. Now, I think it's, it really all is dependent on how fast these extra HIMARS get put into service. So from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all word hurts, and that is your wallet. And it really hurts. That's why I've started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, and or dines out, which is literally every single person that's listening to this right now. Unless you're living in the woods by yourself on a horse, you need to use Upside. Like with every purchase, I'm earning cash back, and so should you. It's free app. Like it's literally free. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Like right now, all you got to do... You get started to download the free Upside app inside of the App Store and or Google Play. Use my promo code Podcast and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 more. So basically 50% off. Go give it a shot right now. It'll be linked at the very top of the description for everybody's on YouTube. Like you guys got to claim this offer for whatever you're, you're buying on Upside. Like you get to check in at your local business, pay as usual with your credit card and or your debit card and get paid. Like in comparison to credit card rewards and or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Like you can literally cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, and or an e gift card for Amazon and other brands. Like Upside users literally are earning more than a million dollars every single week. That is why they have a four point eight star, or excuse me, a four point eight star rating on the App Store. So right now, go to go to the App Store, download Upside. Use the promo code podcast to get $5 or more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more. That is $5 or more cash back on your very first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code podcast, <laughs> not STD, STTPODCAST. We link the very top description. Thank you so much for our uh, two upsides for sponsoring this episode. Now, I have been sifting through multiple different Russian sources, and a lot of them are now trying to push... This, this, this narrative or the fact that the southern portion of the country is the most important part of Ukraine for Russia to control. Like, they literally claim they have to control the seaports, which makes a little bit of sense. And they want to they create this land bridge to Transnistria. That's going to be the end goal for Russia. That's, now they've kind of shifted these goalposts. First it was take Kiev in three days, then it was take half the country, then it was the eastern side, and then all the country. Now they just want the southern portion. Now, at the same time, you also need to realize a significant portion of the Ukrainian GDP comes through the ports. And when I mean like significant, we're talking about over half. Yes, over half of Ukraine's export earnings are coming down or coming from the ports down in the southern region. Now, we also know that Zelensky has stated that he wants to take back the southern portion of the country along with Crimea. That right there has been one of the more bold statements I have heard this entire war, other than the one that just came out the other day by them taking out the entire Black Sea fleet, which could happen using the HIMARS. I know the southern portion, which we're going to talk about here in a second, I think this is going to be the the more decisive area for the Ukrainian military. Russia has also been laying the ground, uh, work for annexation of certain areas inside of Ukraine, the ones that they do hold, by introducing its passports, currency, and, of course, pushing a bunch of propaganda. I'm not going to go into much detail on this because, honestly, it's very, very boring, and they're trying to get things passed by this September inside of these regions, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Now, the initial part of this very large, this very bigger, grander plan has to be the high Mars. It's already been starting. That's why I think that this is the very beginning of the, the southern operation, I guess the best way to put it, in the southern region, like targeting the airfields and the ammo supplies. They've already done it. They're going to start targeting all the Russian logistics, the air defenses, the reserves, drone defense areas, uh, airfields, I guess you would say, and Russian supply that is coming in from Crimea. Like from what I've learned about this region, by the way, from men on the ground, uh, by the way, man on the ground, the guy that was here inside the, the, the podcast that we did the interview with, that gentleman, he has had 12 confirmed K, uh, Russian KIAs, and most of them came from actually u- utilizing a, a javelin outside of mikhailiv in North of Kirsten, in that one area which we are talking about right now. He's going to be going back over there over the next month. Right now, he's been jacked up in the head over a couple of explosions, so he's trying to get his brain kind of, well, not so bruised. But that goes on to me to say that this area is, is very vast and very open. Like the southern portion of Ukraine is going to be very long engagement, like a lot longer than up in the north. Like they're going to be dealing with trench systems rather than buildings. I don't personally believe the southern portion of Ukraine is going to be easy to take either. It's very difficult. I believe the Ukrainian military will suffer heavy, 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 heavy. Wow, I said heavy like six times. Heavy casualties in doing so because they're going to be assaulting fortified positions due to the fact that Russians have had well over a month, or maybe even like well over two months now, to get things figured out. The same thing that happened when the Russians try to push into Ukraine, like, legitimately, the Ukrainians are going to be having to deal with multiple Russian defensive lines, take heavy artillery barrages, while also dealing with open terrain fighting that is literally between open tanks or opposing tanks, like tank on tank battle. Like this is going to be very open. Now, I only say that because I know there's 75 to 100 Polish uh, tanks that were shifted into this area. So there's a lot of tanks inside. I was like, there's a lot between the Russians and the Ukrainians. There's a lot. Now, one thing we all need to keep in mind as well, this operation really hasn't started because they haven't been able to, as the Ukrainian military, hasn't been able to uh, train very many reinforcements. This is one of the other things that I have thought about. If they have the same understanding as I do, I'm sitting here in the United States, that they're going to sustain massive casualties in trying to take this region, so they're going to have to have a bunch of men prepped and prepared and ready to fill the gaps that they're going to, they're going to arise. Like we all know it's going to happen. Like I'm not talking like entire battalions or BTGs or however you want to say it, or squads of men. I do, I do believe that's going to be the case. They're going to have to have a ton ready to fill in these gaps. The Canadian Armed Forces has also published something that had stated, and I am gonna we'll quote it verbatim. Russia likely no longer has the military capability to ch- achieve its ambitions inside of Ukraine. Like they cited that considerable personnel and equipment losses are the reasons for the waning Russian military capability. And they're talking about mainly inside of the eastern side of the country. They've also known the Kremlin is now forced to scale down its strategic objectives while justifying its limited territorial gains with a new rationale. Because they're going to have to push this out to their civilian population because no one wants to see failure. They've, they've, they've what, what are they at, 30... Upper thirty thousands, maybe lower to forty thousands right now. I don't really know exactly. We'll say between thirty-five and forty thousand KAA young men have been killed just on the Russian side of things, and another hundred thousand have been wounded. Like it's it's pretty crazy numbers. Like we haven't seen this kind of stuff since World War Two. And they're gonna have to justify this new rationale of why they just need to connect one side of the country just to Transnistria. So that goes back to the beginning of this entire little segment. Is now they're trying to really align which they cannot take all of Ukraine or even half of Ukraine. So what is the plan now? Do they connect everything with Transnistria? Do they shift men to the southern portion of the country from the eastern side? They can't really do that because then they'll lose some ground over there. Do they figure out a way to take out the HIMARS? If so, is it going to make them a bit more successful? Yes, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because by, I I would assume in the next two weeks to four weeks, they are going to be like 80 HIMARS on ground, like in country, working. Like right now, they couldn't even deal with 15. What's going to happen when they have 80? Great Britain's actually also announced a new military aid package for Ukraine in which they'll be sending more than 20 155-millimeter howitzers, 36-105 artillery guns, counter-battery uh, radar systems. Doesn't give a number. 50,000 shells for Soviet-era artillery pieces and more than 1,600 anti-take weapons, laws, stuff like that. Uh, probably not something like a javelin because I don't think they have. Well, they probably have something like it, but they didn't, it would have said javelins. So even more uh, even more so after me explaining what is going on in the southern portion of the country in, in noting that the Russians claim to have started an operational pause on the Eastern Front, they still believe they are pushing this, this message that they're going to defeat the Ukrainians.
1: конечно важно эту войну не замораживать, не соглашаться ни на какие временные мирные переговоры идти до конца. Ничего не должно остаться от киевского бандеровского режима. В противном случае это будет в любом случае представлять угрозу для Российской Федерации. Движемся медленно, но верно. И на Западе это, слава Богу, Признают. Пусть поставляют оружие. Смешно же звучит тезис о том, что оказывается в Бундесфере уже закончилось вооружение. Все отправили на Украину. То есть мы с вами совершенно случайно планировали заняться демилитаризацией Украины, а уже потихонечку демилитаризуем и страны НАТО. Одно за другой. В Германии возникли вопросики. Во Франции, говорят, тоже четверть
0: now from what the host is clearly one thing they failed to do is mention the united states when talking about NATO countries running out of munitions i don't think anybody should be really worried about germany honestly since after world war ii they were so i'm not gonna say cut back but they had their military's ability like cut next i'm not saying next to nothing that's a bad way to put it they're just they're not going to be the the military based company like they our country like they were in the 30s even back in the 30s a lot of people don't may not know this but like when Hitler was taken over they they were supposed to be scaled back significantly and he didn't listen to it and of course we know what happened after that like I I do think it's somewhat funny though she did fail to mention the United States because her saying that even in front of her colleagues would be laughable like you know after thinking about it like just think about it for a second I think she is actually referring to Germany as like some Nazi regime, because I, I went and looked up the word she used. I, I can't even pronounce if I tried to. And she's, she's, she's saying that the, the German head figures inside of Kiev or Nazis, it's like this Nazi agenda is constantly just going through. Now, one of the last little chunks that we're going to talk about is China. The Biden administration is investigating Chinese telecom equipment. It's The manufacturer is like Hui. It kind of looks like Hawaii, but it's spelled differently. Actually, it doesn't look like Hawaii. I guess I'm just an idiot. Hui, Hui. Anyway, over concerns at U.S. cell towers... Are going to be fitted with its gear, and they are fitted with its gear, and they could capture sensitive information from military bases and missile silos, and that the company could actually transmit them to China. Like, of course, China did not confirm nor deny this, and all the information they're receiving, they didn't say anything about it. But this, the, everything is sealed right now because they're on, it's an ongoing investigation. I think they're under like eight eight counts of charge. I don't, I don't know. It's everything's sealed. I mean, we've been under this this tech war with China for for many, many, many years, and I wish it was possible for us to generate our tech. That we use every single day inside of this country, but we can't. Like, I mean, it's, it's just not possible. All the logistical routes that are set up through China, it's pretty much it. So, we're gonna move over to mapping for everybody who is new to the channel. Red's gonna be Russia, blue's gonna be Ukraine. And as most of you guys do know, black are gonna be the logistical routes, if there's any that we're gonna be talking about. So, the overall thought right now on Ukraine as a whole for the last two days is that they have successfully intercepted and repelled pretty much all attacks on most fronts. Now, just north inside the city of Kharkiv, they have started to step back up some of the attacks along the E-105 route, which is right here. They have stepped up their attacks pretty heavily on this route, but they've been unsuccessful as of right now. Every single day, they try to push out of Kozocha-Lupan over to Udi. They do it just about every single day. And I really believe, honestly, this is going to sound real goofy, but I believe it's for like a bullet point or an OER thing for their... Commander to push back. All right, yeah, we we tried our attack today, it was unsuccessful. Like, I think that's pretty much what they're doing. They haven't gained much ground in and around the Izium area. They've attempted a few separate pushes uh, a little bit farther east. So, down over here in the Izium area, for everybody who's new, it's a pretty big front. Here's Izium itself. Uh, The Russians attempted to take full control of the village. We're going to jack this name up. I do attempt it every time. Boho Rodichine. Boho Rodichine. Boho Rodichine. That's a little bit better. Right here. So, this is just north of Slovenas for everybody who is listening. Uh, Right now, the southern side of this area is still controlled by the Ukrainians. And I highly doubt the Russians are going to be able to gain any type of traction inside of this area with the Ukrainians still controlling the high ground on the southern half. Like, this whole area is all high. Like, there's just rolling hills all the way through here. So they don't get through here. I've said this a few separate times. to get around to cut off that element. I don't know how they're going to do it. And with all the ammo supplies and their artillery being destroyed, it's going to be very difficult for them to have uh, fire superiority when it comes to lobbing rounds at each other. So... They attempted to take the ground around the old refineries. They're going to shift a little bit east here. Nothing's really happened. We know that outside of Lyman right here, they are staging men to push down to Slovenesk. I mean, if I know it, the Ukrainians know it. So right now, men are being staged there. Now, the area I'm talking about is right here, Ivo Darvika. So right now, for everybody who is listening, we've now pushed a little bit east of Siversk. And they attempted to take the ground around the old refinery, but were unsuccessful in doing so. Spearn, spearn, just Well, a little bit east from there, as you guys can see right here. Spirit itself is still heavily contested and has actually honestly shifted hands over the the last couple days a few separate times. But it looked like the Ukrainian forces inside of the area have built some fairly solid fortified positions. And as we know, the Russians actually were able to hold this area for at least a day here prior. I think two days ago they actually had control. They pushed too far. This is one of the areas they pushed too far uh, west overextended themselves, and got knocked back. Like not a single thing has changed around Bachmont either, so everybody knows. And I think it has to do with the high Mars, the high ground. Um, that's that's it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm just a broken record here because I've said this over the last month, the same thing. This line, they're not. it's not going to be easy for them to get by. That little breadstick line you guys see here, right here and right here. All these areas is all high ground between those two routes. See these black routes that are leaning in and out of here? Those black routes are logistical routes. They're main routes going in and out. Those are all high ground. It's going to be very difficult for them to push through. Now we're going to push through onto the southern front. So now on the southern front, we're looking down over here. They've actually been able to take back the area of Solodek right here. This area was liberated by the Ukrainians, and it's been under the Russian control for about a week or so. I also believe there's a little bit of misinformation coming from the Ukrainian side about a possible encirclement of Russian troops just south of Olhain. I don't believe it to be true. It's just North uh, Kirsten. I'm not really going to talk about it or push much into it. Because the more, I've seen it like five different times in each one of these these pieces, I guess you would say, of Intel, I, I sift through. I like to make sure it's true. And it seems like people are just picking up a map that they saw a random person post and like make it their own without actually doing any fact checking on it. But I'm fairly confident it's not even true. So we're not going to talk about it. The southern side and Kirsten. If you guys were to say, like, nothing has been happening, it's been a lot of probing attacks on the Russians' part down in the southern portions. I mean, you're looking all the way here, Volodar, Avika, all the way through. This they, They've been trying to find a gap. They haven't been able to. I don't think they have the men to do so. They're just trying to hold their ground, which, which I told you guys last week, they hold their ground. The Ukrainians come in with those 300-kilometer HIMARS. Everything is fair game. Like, Crimea is fair. Everything's fair game. So, anyway, hope you guys enjoy this. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another interview. I think we're doing another review on that. I love you guys. I'm out.